Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm Justin Michael. It is Paradise Week. CSU men's basketball, they head to the Virgin Islands to participate in the Paradise Jam. Should be a really exciting tournament. We're going to have live coverage throughout it all. But today we were joined by David Roddy, CSU men's basketball superstar, team DNVR athlete, obviously a fan favorite amongst Ram fans. And we kind of went into everything. I mean, we talked about just the, the state of the program as a whole and expectations and, you know, what it was like the last couple of years. And then, you know, losing J.R. Blunt and Dave Thorson this offseason, what the transition has been like with Coach Cooley and, and Coach Jones. I mean, we talked about the Paradise Jam, NIL, really pretty much everything, you know, goals for the year. So it was a it was a really fun interview, and I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Really appreciate David for giving us the time. He'll be on the podcast throughout the season. We've got the new David Roddy shirt coming out soon. A lot of big stuff happening. Really, really looking forward to just this entire ride. I mean, I was I was so excited for this basketball season, and it seems like it's going to live up to the hype. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners, with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that. Make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful it is trying to buy a house right now, especially in Colorado. It's, it's crazy out here. Let my friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier just take some of the burden off of this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. Mike and Virginia, they're, they're proud CSU alumni, they're DNVR members, and they actually have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. Or one last time, go to dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage, we've got team DNVR athlete David Roddy. David, you guys are off to a hot start. How's it going, man? 
Man, it's going great. Uh, you know, we're we're three and zero right now. Uh, we we had you know two pretty big games uh, this past week. You know, against Oral Roberts and against Pine Bluff. So, um, and we really played well in post. So it's just a great time to be a Ram. Obviously, you know that that Oral Roberts crowd that was pretty crazy. I mean, the atmosphere in Moby Arena it was rocking. It was full. What was going through your mind? You know, when you came out and just felt the buzz of it all. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, man, just like we've, we were preparing for that game, you know, a ton, uh, you know, I think we spent like six days on, on them. So, um, we were, we were more than ready to play, um, you know, whatever they threw at us, we were, we were ready for. So, um, you know, they're a really, really good team. You know, we watched them in March when we were in the NIT and we were, you know, just as shocked as everybody else in the country when, you know, they beat Ohio state and everything. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a really good experience and, you know, they're a really good team and, you know, just going into Moby, just the amount of people who were there even before the game was, was really crazy. The students really showed up as well as, you know, uh, the regular fans who always show up, you know, in strong numbers. So it was just a really fun, really fun experience. Yeah, man, that was, it was awesome to see. I mean, I think the, the CU game in like 2019, it was kind of packed like that, but it never got, you know, like really all that rowdy because obviously it was kind of a frustrating game and it just didn't play out. But I mean, to just see that kind of support from, from night one, I think it's a, a positive sign of kind of what this season can be like and, and just kind of how fun the, the whole process can be. Yeah. I mean, I hope that every game is like that, you know, from, from here on out, you know, and against any other D one opponent that we played it this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was super loud, uh, you know, going back to that GU game. Yeah, it was, it was pretty frustrating. I think we only scored like 12 points in that first half. So, um, the fans really couldn't get into it as much as, you know, Oral Roberts when we scored 109. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a little bit different than that, but, um, hopefully, you know, after the Thanksgiving break and after Paradise Jam that we should, you know, have have strong numbers as well. Well, I definitely have some questions for you about the Paradise Jam in a little bit, but just a little bit more on on Oral Roberts. And obviously, you know, Max Aismas is one of the, the better players in the country. Preseason All-American led the country in scoring last year. You, you know, what was it like kind of going up against him in person? And, you know, was he as good as advertised? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, after this, my sophomore season, uh, I went down to Texas and trained with Isaiah, uh, and his, and his trainer, uh, Tyler Ralph. So, and actually Max was down there. So I got to spend time with Max for two weeks, not knowing that I would play him the first game of the next season. So, um, you know, he just came off a strong season. He can really shoot the ball really, really skilled and, you know, has handles and can see the floor and everything. So, um, you know, going into that game, we were really honed in on him, um, you know, practicing, you know, that high ball screen because, you know, we have to step up to the volleyball line because he can shoot from there. So, um, you know, the ball, the ball rolled our way. Uh, you know, he didn't, didn't shoot it as well as he used to, or he usually does, um, which, you know, we caught a break from that, but he still, I mean, he still had 20 points. So, uh, he still, he still did his thing. So, um, you know, yeah. And he's a great kid too. So I think that's the biggest you know, accomplishment of him. He's just a high character guy and I have a lot of respect for him. Well, I mean, he definitely, he can, he can light up in a hurry. He did do his thing, but you know, you followed it up with a, with a pretty impressive performance yourself, 15th career, double, double 28 points. You almost got to 30. Were you a little <laughs> bit disappointed that you didn't get to, to the high mark or I mean, nah, it's tough to be upset about that night. 
Yeah, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just trying to play and, and play as hard as I could. Uh, you know, I had a quote unquote disappointing uh, first game. You know, I just had a little injury and everything, a little a little back spasm. But um, you know, Friday I was I was ready to go. So uh, from the opening opening tip, I was just like, I just need to play as hard as I can. So um, you know, and everything was was going my way as well. So how's your back feeling? It's good. It's good. Uh, just, you know, I went to the chiropractor and, and, you know, we have a great training staff here as well. So they, uh, they helped me, you know, get back to hundred percent in two, three days. So it's, it's pretty impressive on, you know, you know, on their, on their part. So, uh, I'm all good and I'm, I'm ready for, you know, whatever I, whenever I have to play next. You know, you mentioned the, the training staff, it seems like the roster is in really good shape right now. Like a lot of guys that put on you know, a ton of muscle. Is that something you're seeing make an impact for just kind of the whole team as in general? Yeah, I would say so. hundred percent. Um, you know, Jason Phillips, who's our strength coach, uh, has done a, a great job with us over the past two and a half years. Um, you know, one, one guy I would like to shout out is, is Deshaun Thomas. Um, you know, his first game, he has his, a, a double double. Um, you know, he's been, banging with, you know, James in the post for banging with me and James in the post for two and a half years now. So, um, you know, he's, he's gotten way stronger, a lot bigger, uh, more confident in his game as well. Um, and it really showed, you know, when he got his first career, uh, double, double. So, um, as well as, you know, Isaiah, who's posting up guards now, and it's not really like, a he's not really using a lot of skill in the post anymore. He's just trying to, you know, baby them. So, you know, that's definitely a big change as well. He's getting more and ones and everything. So, um, you know, everybody's getting stronger and it's really showing. It seems like DT is just a really good guy. I mean, he's kind of quiet, at least in the times that I've been around him. But I mean, obviously it's, I think it's natural to kind of get disappointed when you go from being a starter to going to the bench and he just kind of accepted that role. We saw him come on strong. I thought he really played well in the NIT and obviously he's come out and and just really made a strong impact. I mean, is, is the thing that makes him so tough is just the versatility. I mean, I, I was obviously impressed by his jump shooting last year, but he's quick on the drive and like, you have to respect the shot. So if you come chase him out, he's just going to burn you to the hoop. Yeah. I would say that's, that's his biggest development. I mean, he's developed so much, um, with, with passing, you know, um, you know, the back cuts to AT and everything. And in our offense, he usually kind of struggled with those uh, the prior years, but now it's just, it's automatic now, as well as, you know, driving and being more confident in his post moves as well, because again, he has that stronger frame and now he can get to spots and, and just do his little baby hook and, and, and it's automatic. So, um, you know, he's definitely expanded his game a lot. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's starting to create even more uh, off the dribble. And, you know, we're trying to get him to make the right pass rather than, you know, getting a charge. But, you know, that just takes time because he's a he's a center or he's a he's a big man. So um, it's not it's not as natural to him. But, um, yeah, he's making all the right decisions as well. So it's just been it's just been awesome to play with him, too. So, uh, you know, because it opens my game as well. Is that just kind of what needs to happen for him and James is just to kind of take that next step in, in terms of being post players? Like, I think they're both really athletic. They're improving defensively, but just like having another guy that can kind of score in the paint. And, and obviously that, like you said, it's going to open up things for you. Yeah, um, I would say so. They've done a really, really good job already of that. Uh, you know, James has definitely been a lot more patient in the paint, understanding, you know, his strength and his size. Um 
especially, I mean, in Oral Roberts as well as Pine Bluff, um, you know, usually he would kind of get rushed or, or kick the ball out too fast and the pass would be too hard and everything. So um, his, his pace has definitely gotten a lot better. Same as DT as well. Uh, just understanding where the guys are on the opposite side of the court and knowing where they're going to go, just letting the play develop. They've improved a lot on that. I mean, you played with some pretty talented teams, you know, in the AAU circuit and all that. Is this the, the most talented group you've been around though? Uh, yeah, I would say so for sure. Just within the numbers perspective, um, you know, I, what do I start? I mean, just me, Isaiah, the, like basically 10 guys, the 10, 11 guys who are just can play at basically any school that they wanted to. So, um, you know, the fact that we all ended up here is, is pretty crazy to think about. Um, and yeah, I mean, just like the amount of competitiveness that's in practice, like there's no, there's no, there's little to no drop off between, you know, the first group and second group within the competitiveness, as well as, you know, just on the court. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty great group. What is it about this program or, or CSU that, that makes you all want to be here? Because obviously, I mean, it's never been easier for players to transfer. You guys lost PJ. That's, you know, a tough one. He was a good kid, but I mean, you guys basically kept 99% of your production and, and you've added some talented players on top of that. Yeah, I would say it's just the culture that we're trying to build. Um, my freshman year, you know, I was just really hooked on, you know, the relationship I had with with all the coaches, uh, you know, Coach Thorson, who's at Minnesota now, J.R. Blunt, who's at Iowa State, um, and then the rest of the coaching staff, Coach Medved and, and Ali and everybody who's still here. Um, I had a really good relationship with them. Um, and we just wanted to win. We just wanted to build a winning culture. And we believed in what coach Medved was, was saying to us as well as, you know, he didn't promise anything. He said, Hey, you know, I'm not going to promise you anything, but you know, if you play well enough and you work hard, then I'll play you. I don't believe in sitting freshmen out or seniority or anything like that, which, which I really liked because, you know, as a competitor, I just don't want to go into a school and I'm going to just sit out and not even get a chance to compete. So, um, and, you know, everybody else was like-minded in my class. You know, we, I came in with myself, Zay, John, Deshaun, and James. So, um, you know, we all had a goal in mind of playing as much as possible. And um, it's definitely starting to show now. And that winning culture that we're trying to build is, you know, starting to show. We, we've talked about this a little bit in private, but, you know, how difficult was it to, to lose, you know, Thorson and, and JR this past offseason? I mean, obviously you guys are happy for them. It's great opportunities, but I mean, you guys were a really close group. You'd grown together the last couple of years. And I mean, this is kind of the year where all the expectations are. So it's, you know, kind of a bummer that they're not going to be here to be a part of it. Yeah, uh, it was really, really tough. Um, it's just like, it's just really sad, you know, because, you know, Coach Thorson recruited me super heavily uh, through my high school career. I started my junior year. He, t I think he texted me literally every day, like multiple texts a day. Um, you know, sometimes I got annoyed with him in high school. Just, I'm just <laughs> like, dude, like this, he's texting me like every 15 minutes of the day. Um, and then, you know, JR as well. I, I uh, had a good relationship with JR as well. He's just, he's just like a big brother, really. Um, you know, he, he was a great, great trainer and player development guy and a great coach as well. And he held us accountable and everything. So, um, you know, they're still like an extended family. I still think that they're on our, on our staff. I still text both of them and, and see how they're doing and everything. And they still give me advice. So, um, you know, we, I feel like we just have 
two extra coaches on the outside, uh, just getting outside perspective, but they're still, I feel like they're still here. And then the new coaches, you know, coach Jones and coach Cooley have been like a seamless transition. Uh, you know, coach Jones coming from the NBA and player development with the Cavs and coach Cooley from Wright state. Um, you know, they both have intriguing perspectives on our team and our development as well. It's just, you know, two new sets or two new pairs of eyes, um, you know, critiquing us. And it's definitely, it's definitely helped uh, a lot. So it, they're, they've both been great. How would you describe their coaching styles? I mean, like with coach Jones specifically, obviously I think you can probably coach a little bit different in the NBA than you would at the college level, or is he kind of treating you guys like pros? Just what, what's that kind of been like? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like he's treating us like pros. Uh, he's very, uh, calm, um, very mild mannered, uh, but he can definitely get intense if he needs to, uh, to prove a point and everything, but he's really a personable one. He really wants that, you know, connection with eye contact and everything. And, and, you know, when, once he speaks, like everybody, everybody stops talking because, you know, they want to hear what he wants, what he has to say. So, um, you know, he's a, he's a real personable one. He's super funny. And, and, you know, he has an interesting life too. I mean, he was, he was overseas, he was a coach in overseas and everything and speaks different languages and everything. So, uh, I have to get, learn more about that as well. And just that overseas life. Um, but yeah, he's a great coach as well as coach Cooley. Coach Cooley is kind of the, kind of the wild guy, I guess. Um, you know, he's, he's just a, a different guy. Um, you know, he cracks jokes all the time, but you know, he's, he's super intense. Um, they don't yell as much as coach Thorson does where you can hear it on the, on the microphone, on the, on the broadcast, but you know, they're, they're, those are two great coaches. How are you guys going to know what to do if without Thorson yelling fire over and over oh again? Oh my God. I know. It's like, it's like he used to tell the other team that the, the shot clock's winded down. You just gotta, it's <laughs> gotta keep it in, in, in the defense. You can't let the whole arena know. Oh, that's hilarious. They're, they're <laughs> obviously good dudes. And, and I think everybody in CSU appreciates, you know, what they did for the program, wishes them well. It's, it's great opportunities. Both of them got to go and work with people that they had previous relationships with and, I mean, I think that kind of speaks to the type of guys they are. You know, they they probably wouldn't have left just for any job, but power five opportunities with people, you know, that they've long known. It, it, that's human. You get that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, they both explained it. Um, you know, I kind of had a had a sense, uh, you know, before Coach Thorson, you know, said anything to me, but um, I was just, you know, kind of waiting. Um, but yeah. He still, you know, I still, every time I go home, I still have breakfast with him and everything and we still catch up. So, um, nothing's really changed in our relationship and he's still one of the, you know, my best mentors and one of the best coaches I've been around. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. It's, it's really that simple. DraftKings customers can also get some skin in the game with the same game parlay. This allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, David Roddy, he has a football background, obviously a star quarterback at Breck High School out in Minneapolis. Because of that, I am thinking football for my DraftKings pick of the week. And I'm going with the New England Patriots to cover the seven-point spread against Atlanta. I kind of wish it was six or six and a half just to give us a little bit of wiggle room. But the Patriots are playing really good football. You can get them to cover that spread at minus 105. Moneyline is minus 280, so they're kind of heavy favorites in this one. New England's defense has just been chewing up quarterbacks all year. Matt Ryan, he's older. This, this just doesn't feel like a good matchup for him. Because of that, I really like the Patriots. That and just the combination of their offense kind of putting it together. Mac Jones is playing really good football right now. And they, they look like an actual threat in the AFC, of course, right? Patriots, they're down for like half a year and then they just get another top quarterback and keep on rolling. Must be nice. Anyways, my, my DraftKings pick of the week is New England to cover that seven-point spread against the Dirty Birds. Lock it in. Kind of bringing it back to just this year in general and the expectations. Like, obviously, you guys are preseason conference favorites. You got a couple of preseason, you know, all Mountain West selections. What is the mindset, I guess, in this locker room? Is it NCAA tournament or bust? I mean, is it we don't not just want to make the tournament, like we want to make some noise in the tournament? Or is it just kind of like we have to take it day by day and, and hopefully we get there? Yeah, I feel like, you know, the idea of us is just, it's the expectation of, of making the tournament this year. Um, again, with that day by day mindset, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's cool to have that, you know, that preseason nod uh, to being number one, but, you know, we haven't done anything yet. We're still zero and zero in conference, like conference hasn't even started. So, um, you know, taking it day by day and understanding that we still have a lot of room to grow, to become a great team uh, and, and, you know, slowly chipping away at that is definitely the main, the main objective right now uh, throughout, you know, this non-conference, because again, we're, we're being challenged early, which will really help us, you know, later in the season. So, um, you know, hopefully we can, you know, do what we can to, to win a Mountain West championship and then, you know, make a run in, in the NCAA tournament. How valuable was that NIT experience for you guys? Because I think, you know, some fans, they look at it and they're like, you know, if you're not in the NCAA tournament, who even cares? You know, what's the point of this? But I mean, the NIT, it's a historic tournament. And obviously you guys made a nice run. You got to beat some good teams dang near won the whole thing memphis they're obviously really freaking good um yeah. Yeah. you know just like what did you guys learn from that was it valuable just from playing postseason basketball in general yeah it was it was really it was really important for us uh to to be there in the nit um i would say because it gives you just that postseason taste um you know i'd rather you know, lose in the NIT than I would, you know, in the semifinals of the Mountain West tournament. Uh, I wanted to play, I wanted to play more basketball. Um, so, you know, that's always, always a plus as well as it just gives you a little taste of what it's going to be like if we do make the NCAA tournament this season, um, you know, just extra games as well as, you know, how to prepare for games on the fly, as well as living in a hotel for a long time. Um, I mean, we were in, we were in Vegas for like four days after, um, the Mountain West tournament because mm -hmm. we were going to wait. And then I think we flew home to Colorado for a day and then went to Denton. So just a bunch of travel and everything, like all the logistics of it, just understanding that, um, 
and then again, playing against other teams that aren't in our conference as well as, you know, really good teams. So, and getting that national spotlight as well, I feel like that's really helped. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think there were a lot of people, especially, you know, on the other side of the country that saw you guys, you know, be NC state, you know, play some big games. Like, all right, like we'll have to keep an eye on the CSU team moving forward. Was it hard to be in Vegas for four days after though? I mean, obviously like you wanted to make a run in the mountain West tournament and then to kind of like still have to hang around and, and be around the environment. Yeah, it was, man. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, we still had to get COVID tested and everything at, I think seven in the morning, uh, at the Thomas and Mac. So, you know, after losing and understanding like, we're, we're not going to play for a while, uh, is, and still getting COVID tested and everything. It was just <laughs> like a mental drag. And, um, you know, I'm not too much of a, of a big city guy. So, uh, you know, going to Vegas and waking up to sirens at 6am every day is, is like, that was my alarm clock. Basically. Uh, it was just, it was mentally dragging as well. Um, but you know, once we, and just, you know, from the heartbreak of not getting in was, settling so it was just like a combination of of a lot of things i mean the, the practices that we had um at you know unlv was uh was were, were terrible i'm not gonna lie everybody was just kind of mentally out of it um so going back to colorado and getting a a, a breather was was really helpful for us to you know lock in our mind and we're still playing basketball and then we'll, we'll we'll prove to you guys why we're we should be in that tournament well, the fact that you guys were able to respond, I think, speaks to the the character of this team and just the competitive nature. I mean, I'm, I'm not like trying to take shots at CSU teams in the past, though, but I think that's been a common theme with CSU in the NIT in previous years. You could just sense like we wanted to make the NCAA tournament. We didn't make it. And then they just, you know, kind of came out flat and ended up losing to, to teams that were were beatable. And you guys, you know, kudos to you for for responding and doing well. Vegas is for a week. That's just too long. It's a two night yeah. town. Like I know you guys are out there for different reasons than most people, but right. Just the, like you said, like the, the noise and all the people and the lights, like it just, it's exhausting. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I, I was 19 at the time, so I couldn't really, <laughs> I, I couldn't go anywhere. Like I just, I just walked down the strip and I've been, I've been to Vegas since every year, since I was in eighth grade. And now, you know, probably two, two times, three times a year. Um, it's just like, I'm, I'm still 20. Like I haven't, I'm, I can't even do anything yet in Vegas. So <laughs> maybe, maybe if I'm 21 and maybe if I'm out of basketball or something, I can, I can enjoy it with my friends, but like, it's just like, I can't, I just, I'm, if I'm here to play basketball, I can't play basketball. Like, it's just like, oh, I get it, man. It's, it's a weird process. <laughs> I, back when I was in school, I interned for, for CSU football and they played in the Las Vegas bowl out there. And I was only 19. And so like everyone else on the staff, they're all right, we're going to the casino. And I'm like, I, I guess I'm going to the pool. Like, I don't right. really know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. It, man, it's tough. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of spots in Vegas, uh, gone to a lot of restaurants and everything. I think that's the, you know, another attraction that people, you know, forget about is just like the good food there and everything. But yeah, I can go into any casino or anything. I was just, I've walked the strip so many times with my AEU teammates and everything. Like I just know where everything is as well. Where's your favorite place to go in the mountain West? Like outside of Fort Collins, obviously, man, um, there's a lot. It's just like different places, you know, um, I would say definitely San Diego state is always a, a good spot to play and just go. Cause it's just in Cali and everything. So, 
um, you know, that's a great atmosphere to play in. Um, man, that's definitely the top. I would say. I mean, Vieja House uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and we played my freshman year. We played them when they were number four in the country uh, on played senior them well night. Too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a close game. So um, yeah, and it was sold out. So hopefully it'll be a, a good crowd again uh, once we get out there. As well as, I mean, Boise. You know, just the mountains and everything. They were super close to the mountains. Uh, it's a nice spot. Um, Air Force as well. Just in the springs. Um, I didn't know the springs was that was that huge uh when i went down there my freshman year um it kind of surprised me as well and the the campus is like on a hill so yeah. you just have a view of, of of all of colorado springs interesting i like it the the colorado love everybody <laughs> appreciate that um yeah you know you obviously get a lot of questions about football and you know david Roddy, like come save csu football like come play quarterback oh come gosh. do this come do that i mean we've talked about how much you miss it but if you realistically, like if you genuinely had an opportunity to be a two sport athlete right now, would you do it? And, and do you, is it even possible with the way the schedules overlap? I, I was thinking about this, like in high school and everything, uh, I would say it's possible, but you'd have to sacrifice like one over the other. Uh, I would say like, it's, it's been done before by many, many people, but like, they're like a bench player and then they're like maybe a star. yeah yeah maybe a star maybe like a middle of the pack guy uh being a star at both at at the college level i think it's really hard because you're just transferring skills so much and you know the sports ask ask completely different things of you um you know body wise so i would say it's really tough i wouldn't i would just i would just probably just stick to stick to hoops right now in college um but it's definitely one thing I've thought about in high school and, and a lot of hypotheticals and everything. A lot of, a lot of other people think about it more than I do. And <laughs> I just try to focus on basketball and be like, Hey, like you still could play football. And I'm like, yeah, but like I've been, this is my third year of playing basketball straight. So, you know, let, let's get well, over Think about how sore you are like at the end of February as is after yeah. the grind of a basketball season. And then think about, mm-hmm like trying to play, you know, all these non-conference games in November and December after taking five months of hits. Yeah. It's yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah. No, I don't, I have a <laughs> lot of respect for people who do that or who did that in college, but it's definitely not. not in my, I feel like the most probably. realistic ones would be like, if you played like baseball, maybe and something where it's like non-contact and ones in the spring, ones in the fall, and you could kind of, yeah. I don't know, like shift priorities, but I think you nailed it. I mean, I just think at the D1 level, it takes such attention to detail at your respective craft that you're kind of, you know, not, you're kind of doing a disservice to yourself almost because it's like, you know, you're not reaching your potential and in, in one of them because you're trying to do, you know, too many things at once. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Uh, as well as like people to understand is that it takes a, it takes a while to adjust to different sports. So like, my in high school my football season ended and then like two three weeks later basketball season started and we would have fall league and everything and like i would lose a playoff game and then i would go to fall league basketball the next day and i'm like banged up and sore and everything and like i can't dribble the ball i can't shoot like all (laughs) i do is literally just like dunk the ball or just like play defense like that's literally it like that's all i'm allowed to do because i can't i haven't dribbled the ball in three months four months so 
um, it's, uh, it's definitely that, that adjustment period is one of the worst things that I've experienced for sure. Where do you think your games improved the most since high school? Is it just kind of the, the skill aspect since you're, you know, you focused on basketball solely, you know, for the first time in your life? Man. Yeah. I would say, I mean, I've improved on basically almost every aspect I would say, because in high school, I was just kind of the post guy, uh, cause I was the biggest guy on the team and just bullying you know, coming out. Yeah. Uh, and coming out to college, I had to guard a lot of, you know, guards. I'm six five, so I can, you know, guard it big and guard a small as well. So, um, I would say definitely just defense and the attention to detail on defense. I feel like people don't understand how hard it is to, well, it was hard, the learning curve of playing off ball defense. Um, because that's way more important than guarding on ball, which is weird to say, but, um, to understand the positioning on defense was the biggest learning curve that I had, uh, coming into CSU. Um, and then other skills, I would say definitely just shooting as well as ball handling and everything. I just didn't understand, like, there's a difference between high school ball handling and college ball handling. Like you, you don't have to do 18 dribble moves to get past a person that actually puts you at a detriment. So, um, being efficient with dribbling and, and passing as well. Starting with a game at Duke was probably, a, you know, kind of a way to see like, oh yeah, game's a little bit faster. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, the crazy thing is like I played against almost everybody on that team. So like I was teammates with Trey, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Hurd, I already knew about, um, Wendell I played against in, in AAU, Cassius Stanley, Vernon Carey, like all those guys. So I wasn't really like nervous as much of, of like the star caliber that they had because I played against them before as well as, but it was like the crowd noise and everything was completely different. And it was just like the, you know, the history, the rich history behind Duke. Um, yeah, that was a, that's a unforgettable experience for sure. It was definitely fun just to, the crazy thing is like they're students, they're right on top of you, man. They're like this yeah. far from the court and it's just, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, for sure. They, they, I mean, they're yeah, literally, they're Cameron crazies there. They show up like as soon as the doors open, like they're flooding in. So, um, they were heckling us, like even in warmups, like they were heckling us before we even had our jerseys on like <laughs> for the game, we're just shooting around and like, they have like sheets of paper and like, had like a list of everything that they can roast us on. And it's a good, good thing that I was a freshman. Cause they didn't really, they didn't have anything on me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. The, the things they said. Does that work? You know, the fans jeering heckling, do you think it, it actually gets in your guys's head sometimes? Uh, I would, for me personally, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, it's just funny. Like I just laugh at it. It's just like, Oh, that's a, that's a good one or, or something like that. <laughs> um, it's not a motivator know, at all. Nah, it's not a motivator. I w- well, well to, to beat the team. Yes. But yeah. Um, like just to go back and forth with the fans, like, I don't, I'm not the one who usually does that, but you know, people in the past have, and it definitely, it's good for like content and everything, but I don't, I don't pay t- too much mind to that. Probably smart. I mean, I feel like, you know, if it's, if you're going back and forth with the fans, they can probably, you know, knock you off your rhythm a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. Just a little bit. You want to, you want to prove them wrong rather than trying to win a game. So, you know, it just takes your mind off the the main goal. Well, you know, you mentioned it. It's good for content spoken like a radio host, which, you know, you got your own radio show. Now, obviously you're a, you're a team DNVR athlete. 
Um, I believe you, you know, rep a, another brand or two. What has this NIL process been like for you? And is it is it weird to kind of be at the the center of the spotlight? Yeah, it's um it's it's definitely interesting. I would say, you know, as soon as um, you know, in June that they allowed us to, you know, have NIL stuff and everything. And um it was it was interesting because it was just like, all right, now what? Like, do I I started emailing a bunch of people and and seeing if it would work and really like nothing really came out of it. Uh and then you guys came to me and everything and um really appreciate it. Um but it's it's interesting because now it just gives athletes the the freedom to do what they were, you know, meant to do and which is to advertise themselves and you know get their rights back to their own name, image, and likeness. So um I think it's a really awesome thing and I feel like it'll just perpetuate more and get even bigger. I mean, five to ten years from now, just because not a lot of people know what they're doing so far, uh, especially with big businesses and everything, but once they get kind of a handle on, you know, everything, it'll just, it'll just blow up. It just seems so, I don't know, silly, I guess that this was against the rules. Like, I, I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. especially just, I know like the local businesses and then all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it makes so much sense. It, it's hard for me to even wrap my head around why this was ever against the rules. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I have a few questions as well, but I'm just glad that it, it's been changed uh, when I'm in college because I can I just think back to so many big time players that could have, you know, helped out so many local businesses and even national businesses as well. Just like all the legends of college that could have came and went with NIL deals and everything. It would have been awesome. I mean, I think just about a guy like Nico Carvacho, obviously, I mean you know, four-year guy, really dedicated to the university, the big chili. I mean, he's got a great nickname. Like that's a great branding opportunity in itself. It's, it's a bummer, you know, he didn't get to do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I still got I still talk to him about it and everything. And man, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, just all the CSU legends, like, I mean, Colton Iverson and, and Dorian and, and Pierce and everybody, and like they could have benefited a lot. I mean, they were, you know, the last, that was basically one of the last times that CSU was like, you know, the Moby was packed and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they could have definitely, you know, benefited off of that too. So there's a lot of legends, especially CSU legends that, you know, Michael Gallup and, and Richard and everybody on the football team as well. It's just kind of, kind of crazy. Is there any concern that, I mean, obviously with individuals getting shine, you know, playing devil's advocate, somebody could be like, you know, that could be detrimental to team chemistry, obviously, you know, people putting themselves above the team. Do you worry about that at all? Or do you think guys are just kind of happy to, to see their teammates getting opportunities? Um, I feel like that's on a team to team basis. Uh, I feel like our, our, I feel like our team is full of high character guys and, and our understanding. Um, we really don't, like when we're in the locker room, we don't really think about all of that kind of stuff. Um, we don't even speak about it. We just focus on winning games and having as much fun as possible. So, um, but hopefully, I hope that's not the case uh, for any team because that just kind of breaks down a team um, and it breaks down a team chemistry and you won't fulfill, you know, your potential if everybody is just worried about what everybody else is doing. 
so hopefully that I hope that's not the case. What was it like kind of hosting a radio show for the first time? And, you know, were you scared? Uh, I was nervous for sure. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, I went down to, I went down to Greeley, um, a week before, two weeks ago, uh, for, for like a little 15 minute snippet and to figure out the, the rest of the, the schedule with, with the show and everything. And, having my, like the David Roddy show is, is pretty crazy. Um, I was always interested in, in radio. Um, but you know, to have my own show and so fast of a progression is kind of, you know, it definitely had me nervous for sure. But, um, you know, Brady is an awesome host as well. And he's definitely walked me through it as well. And, um, you know, he's been awesome to talk to. So I'm super, super excited to continue that as well as, as this podcast as well. Brady's a good dude for sure. Have you? Did you go back and listen to it? That's. I'll, I'll be honest. I've I've been doing this for a couple of years now, and I still, when I listen to myself, I'm like, man, I just I hate the sound of my own voice. I don't know. Yeah, I is. haven't. I haven't yet. Like that's the thing. Like when I used to get interviewed in high school and everything, everybody's like, oh, did you watch your interview? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't like the way my voice sounds, and it just it just sounds it just sounds weird. I'm not I'm not used to that yet, but. Um, you know, Brady's a pro, so he definitely helps me, you know, say what I need to say and everything. So, um, so yeah, I I can't do that. I know you have a a long basketball career ahead of you, but, you know, do you kind of see media potentially being something you would want to do down the line, whether it's, you know, being like a local radio host or, you know, a TV analyst or something like that? Yeah, I'm definitely interested in it. Um, you know, just to give as much of my knowledge as, as possible, just, you know, being an analyst or, or color commentator and, or something like that, just to give, you know, interesting points is definitely a, a big thing right now. Um, you know, you see like Richard Jefferson, Tony Romo and and everybody, old NBA vets and NFL pros of giving their, giving their takes on it and definitely just gives a, a new feel to the game. You know, when Tony Romo calls out a play and it goes right and he explains why, you know, why the play was going to happen. It's just really, really interesting. And, and it's definitely more interactive than, you know, than previous years. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of, of all the guys you mentioned. Um, Richard Jeff- Jefferson, especially I was a big fan of his when he was a player. I don't really know what it was, something about the old school nets with like him and Jason Kidd. They were just a fun team to watch, but personally, man, I, I think you would be a natural. So, you know, I, I hope to see you, you know, doing broadcast someday. It's football season, baby, and you know what that means. It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time for you to join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to use the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Not only are you going to get 20% off, but you're getting free shipping as well. Look, in the past, male grooming, it was kind of a horror show. You just you had to use whatever you know you had lying around the house. I don't know, like... Uh, scissors or a a hair trimmer or or whatever you were trying to use the performance package 4.0 it is going to hook you up not only are you going to get the lawnmower 4.0 which is here to take you to the next level this is a fourth generation trimmer which features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology it's got a 7000 rpm motor a 4k led spotlight it's waterproof it's easy to charge it's it's just so nice to use but you're also going to get the Weed Whacker, which is for your 
nose hairs and ear hairs. This has a 9,000 RPM motor and a 360 degree rotary dual blade system. This thing is badass. And finally, you're also going to get some crop reviver and some ball deodorant. This stuff, it is a lifesaver, especially on a hot day. Make sure that you go to manscaped.com, use that code DNVR, and get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. Trust me, you are going to love manscaped.com. I, I do have to ask you a question, though, because you're a, you're a big NBA fan. Obviously, you're a big basketball guy. What was your thought? on the, the Nikola Jokic situation the other night with Markeith Morris. I mean, man, obviously he can't, he hit him from the back, but Morris, I mean, that was kind of a cheap shot too. shot to the ribs, their knees bang. Like it could have been bad. Yeah, that was, it was a crazy thing. Um, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I feel like, you know, every coach has taught me this is just, they never catch the first person. They always catch the retaliation. So I mean, they did call a foul on Morris, um, and I feel like, I don't know, it was a little bit too aggressive from Jokic. I would just say probably get in his face because, I mean, he's like seven feet tall. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it'll look it'll look better than that. But, I mean, you know, Jokic apologized after, uh, which was, I think, was the right thing to do. And I feel like it was, it was you know, it was honest and it was truthful as well. Um, but, yeah, it was a, a pretty big hit by Jokic. So, you know, I don't know. It was, it was, you, you it can't was hit people from the back. Like I, I love Jokic. He's my favorite NBA player. I'm a big Nuggets fan, but especially Nikola Jokic, even if I wasn't a Nuggets fan, he would be one of my favorite players. I can't defend that, but I do mm-hmm. think there is kind of, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but as a big man, I feel like there's a, a, a line where it's like, you kind of have to defend yourself if the referees aren't doing it mm-hmm. again. Like he went way overboard, but have you ever been in that position where you felt like, man, I'm just, I'm getting the hell beat out of me out here and, and the refs aren't doing anything. Like if I don't protect myself, like I might get hurt. Uh, I haven't yet. Uh, gladly. Um, you know, it's just been a few times, maybe in football. I feel like it's just more than basketball, you know, late hits on the sideline and everything. And, um, you know, my coaches, my coaches came to protect me before I had to step in, which was, you know, really good on their part. Um, you know, because, you know, it, football games do get chippy for sure. A lot more than basketball. Um, but I would say, yeah, not, not so much in basketball. Cause I just understand it's part of the game and, you know, it's part of, you know, being a big, strong guy that, you know, I can get fouled and it doesn't even look like I'm getting fouled. So, um, I just have to fight through it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. I mean, like, especially like even Rudy Gobert was saying it, like, you know, there's, there's going to be one day where I'm going to have to protect myself, uh, with, with everything that's going on. Um, his was a little bit different circumstance with, with miles Turner, but you know, it's kind a of weird same, too. Same. yeah, it was just like, are y'all hugging? Like, what I know. You, like, I don't, yeah, it was, it was a weird thing as well. It's a funny thing about like near fights. Sometimes I think the same thing when people like put their foreheads on each other's like, you guys going to kiss or are you guys going to fight? Right. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, nah, the last fight I saw was uh Rondo and, and Chris Paul. Like that that oh, little yeah. that, that opening night. It was when I think LeBron was in LA for the first time. That was the first time I seen like punches thrown. And I was like, oh, that's that's scary that's when it gets why, like actually yeah. out of control, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's an actual fight and that doesn't need to happen again. Uh, I'd rather have the little push, you know altercation and get in, into everybody's face when all the security swarms and everything. I'd rather have that than 
like a fight night round three kind of thing. It feels like it's usually for show, you know, just like, you know, I'm tough. You're not going to punk me. And the other guy, oh, well, I'm tough too. You're not going to punk me yeah. either. But um, have you ever been on the court when anything like a fight or, you know, that type of thing happens? Um, I feel like, uh, I mean, last year, I feel like in the NIT was a little bit uh, between Kendall and a guy from NC State. I feel like, you know, Kendall got teed up late in the game um because of it but it wasn't like any like head bump or chest bump or anything like that it was just a little jawing at each other because um the guy from nc state you know made us made a strong layup on him uh and then he was talking and then you know kendall kendall's the he's a dog so he had to you know you know talk back when he blocked a shot and everything so um it's just it's just usually that it's not never really like pushing or anything um just because it's just like there's nothing I haven't experienced too much yeah. of that. Um, I did that's experience I mean, one time basketball, but yeah, you know. one time in middle school, the craziest story is that we were in like this little state AU state championship or whatever. And we were beating this team and the coach started like pressing the ref and like walking up to the ref and the ref is like backing up and like pin like in the re- or the coach pinned him to the wall and like the parents had to get in and like, get the ref out the way and get the coach out the way and everything. So the coach got kicked out. We were supposed to forfeit the game or they were supposed to forfeit the game, but then we decided to keep playing. Um, and we won because like they were just emotionally drained. Like, yeah, I, I could imagine. Your, My goodness. Yeah, your coach just put his hands on the ref. Like what, like how are you supposed to play after that? So uh, that's definitely one of the most craziest AAU stories. I mean, Another AU story was we were at Peach Jam by freshman year of high school with, with Howard Pulley. Um, and this guy, coach, the coach, super short coach, you know, kind of fiery, uh, was so upset. And he, he like threw a trash bin on, on the court. So like he got ejected and then threw a trash bin on the court. I think that was a team with Chris Likes and uh, Luca, Luca Garza was, was on that oh, team man. of – yeah, so it was a really good team. Um, but yeah, his coach got mad and threw a, a trash bin on the on the court. That's the funny thing about just like youth sports in general is the craziest <laughs> stuff is usually the adults, not the not the right. kids. But. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's uh man, yeah. AU is becoming more about the parents than than the kids and it's it's pretty sad. Um, you know, it's a money hungry business now, which is not the the goal of AAU and grassroots hoops, but you know, there are some good programs out there still and, you know, that are still upright and everything, but, um, yeah, it's difficult to manage that. Well, man, I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but I just kind of want to ask you a little bit about the paradise jam. Obviously you've got coming up opportunity to go to the Virgin islands. I mean, what are you, what are you most looking forward to at this tournament? Man, uh, super, super excited just to be, you know, in paradise. Uh, again, we went to the Cayman islands, um, my freshman year. And that was the first time I've ever been out the country. So that was a, a unique experience. Um, seeing palm trees and being on a small piece of piece of land in the middle of the ocean was kind of nerve wracking a little bit, just like understanding it. But I just kind of distracted myself like, Hey, like there's the ocean and, and good food and, and everything. So um, Do you get in the ocean. You know, I, Are you a guy that's willing to swim in it? I did. I did. I didn't know it would be that salty. Like I was just like, <laughs> Oh, like, you know, I'd like cannonballed and everything and, and I drank some and it was, it was really bad. 
Um, <laughs> but I swam, swam with the fish. Uh, my freshman year, the funny part was like <laughs> some of our teammates, uh, what, like we're trying to catch fish with our bare hands. So like, there was like some goggles that we found and like, we were like fish were swimming past us and we were trying to grab them with our hands and the fish are too fast. It's like, like, like Zay said, it was like catching a cheetah on land. It's just impossible. So, um, yeah, I had a really fun time there and then I'm just really excited to play good basketball, uh, you know, sit on the beach and, and enjoy it. My family's actually coming too. So I can oh, that's have cool. a little, yeah, have a little family vacay with them too. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Do you know, like, do you guys, are you doing anything as a team, like uh, going zip lining or uh, something unique? Uh, you, they usually pr- surprise us with that. Um, they never really tell us beforehand. Um, Probably smart. I keep everybody I focused. Do, I, yeah, I do know that. So we'll practice Wednesday and Thursday. Play Friday. If we win Friday, we get Saturday off. So like yeah. we'll practice, and then we might do something fun or something like that. Um, but and I think we have a day after we play to stay as well. Um, so they'll probably have something fun planned. How beneficial is it to play? in these tournaments, obviously, I mean, it's early in the season, but to just kind of replicate like a conference tournament, you know, NCA tournament first weekend type scenario. Uh, It's really important. Uh, I feel like we did the same thing over this past week. I mean, we had three games in five days. So, you know, and then we're going to have three games in four days in the, in the paradise jam. So it's definitely preparing us to, you know, stay mentally locked in as well as, you know, understanding the importance of treatment on the road. I feel like that's a huge thing to any team's success is to take care of your body as much as possible on the road. So um, it'll definitely help while being, you know, on the beach and everything. So don't get too much sun because you'll get your energy, energy zapped and everything. So um, yeah, it's uh it's going to be a, a big test for us. There's a lot of good teams there and hopefully we can pull out with, you know, another, you know, three wins. Did you watch these type of events growing up? Like, were you a, were you a big college basketball fan? And I mean, what, is there a, like a dream tournament that you could play in, you know, like the Maui Invitational or, or something like that? Yeah, I would say I did watch it as a kid. Um, you know, middle started, but probably starting about middle school for sure. Uh, I just watched, watched the Blue Bloods play in Michigan State and everybody. Um, one of the dream tournaments for sure would be probably Maui um, as well as Atlantis. Um, those two are always like, those two are like the kind of premier ones, I would say, um, that's where all the big teams go. So, uh, you know, and I always wanted to go to, go to Hawaii one day. So, um, I could cross that off my bucket list one day. Um, but yeah, those two are definitely the, the biggest that I've, you know, seen and, and want to experience. Did you have a blue blood that you rooted for growing up? Um, Probably, I would say Duke, uh, you know, because, you know, Tyus Jones went there and everybody, I'm, I'm close with Tyus and, and Trey as well. So uh, I was cheering on Tyus be- even before I knew him, um, just because he's a Minnesota guy. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, I would say Duke. All right, man. Well, thank you for taking the time. And, and I hope you guys have a blast out there. Obviously, everybody, you know, out here is is jealous. You know, they would, they would like to be in the in the Virgin Islands as well, but it's going to be fun to watch you guys on TV. And I just, I hope the whole thing is a, you know, memorable experience. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I'm really, really excited to head down there. I'm also excited to be working with you throughout the season. We got the David Roddy shirt coming out soon. You excited? 
Yeah, man. It's, it's, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I'm just, you know, honored to be a part of, you know, a great team uh, with you guys as well as, you know, being on this podcast. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more, a lot more coming and I'm super excited to, you know, to work with you guys. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.